Hello and welcome to the podcast from That's Not My Age. I'm Alison Walsh. I'm a journalist, author and blogger, and I'd like to invite you to join this conversation. I'll be interviewing lots of brilliant people about life and style and getting older. It's a grown-up guide. Hope you enjoy the episode. For today's That's Not My Age podcast, I am delighted to welcome Sewing Bee Judge, fashion designer to the stars and style heroine, Esme Young. Hello, Esme. Oh, hello, hello. How are you? Oh, you know, probably like everyone else, <laughs> a little bit. It's all a bit so peculiar. Isn't it? Yeah. Isn't it? Do you feel like, I don't know, I feel sort of like, it's not back to normal, is it? I, feel, I still feel a bit stir-crazy. and Yeah, me too. And You know, I've been yeah. teaching on... How was oh, that? weird. Hard. Really strange, but very nice to see the students, but very odd. I've, I've lectured in the past. I lectured in uh, fashion journalism, oh, actually. Oh, wow. Where? UCA, University for the Creative Arts. Oh, right. I know. I, I actually can't imagine doing the, I mean, I kind of left a few years ago now, but I kind of, I mean, I just can't imagine doing the online thing. It's so much better to see students in person. Well, also it? what I do is so hands-on. Do you know what mm. I mean? It's it's working in 3D. So yeah. doing it on a computer is very strange. It's great to see the students, though. So what happens? Do they show you their, like, hold up a garment and say, what, yeah. do, you, what do you think of this? <laughs> they show me, they, you know, they have files and they show me their drawings, their, you know, then they'll show me their twirls, then they'll show me what they've actually made. But, you know, they could completely lie. <laughs> you see what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, they're going to get a design, a designer dress, cut the label out. Here's something I made earlier. Exactly. <laughs> no, they wouldn't do that. Not my students, but they may have glued things together or taped it with sellotape. I would if I was them. <laughs> I think I probably would uh, cheat a bit as well if that was because you can't see oh. it on on the screen. Will you see it in real life, like when you're marking at the end of term? Yeah, you get to see the garments. Well, then. they're back back at college now. Oh yeah. So yes, we're seeing what they've done, but I feel really, really sorry for them. Yeah, so do I. So do I. I think I think it's been really tough for well for young people in general, but for students. Yeah. I mean, what a year! It's kind of stuck in the halls of residence, locked in your room, online lectures and yeah. seminars. I mean, it's not great. They're going to do something that's, I think, really interesting, and what they're going to do, and obviously they've got permission for this. They only have to make two garments to be marked on. And for the fashion show, they're going to have one garment which they will wear. And I oh. I know, isn't that fabulous? I just, yeah. yeah. Why have they not done that before? I kind of like the idea of the students wearing their own clothes. Before, you know, they have six outfits and they have a proper fashion show. But this time, because the numbers... Uh, uh, there's a limit on the numbers. So what's been decided is that they will wear one of their outfits. And you know what? I just think, and it's going to be all the students, because normally 
there's shows that everyone's in and then they have a press show. But this time, every single student will be in it for the press show. And I just think they'll never forget it, will they? Yeah, I think that's fantastic. Do you think they could, they'll do that going forward? I think it's a much better idea. Well, I'm not sure. I'm not sure they will, <laughs> actually. <laughs> Tell you the truth. Because they like to make more than one garment. Mm. You know, normally they make six. So it's a proper little collection. And yeah. I'm sure they'll want to go back to that. But pretty amazing. I just think it's brilliant that, you know, they're able to, you know, get this together in spite of everything that's gone on this year. I agree. And they've been so positive about it. And last year, the final years, we did the twirls, but then they couldn't come back the next term. So they couldn't have a show. So they made a little film and that went online. That must have been interesting for them as well. Because then they learnt something new. Well, they probably made films before, hadn't they? Sounds good. Anyway, let's talk about Sewing Bee. Because last night was my favourite episode, the one where you, with the uh, sustainability special, where it's reduce, reuse, recycle, I think. Or I think Joe Lysett called it Murder at the Charity <laughs> Shop. <laughs> well, that dress I was wearing came from a charity shop. Yes. I like this combination of judges on Sewing Bee and, with, and Joe Lysa. I think it works so well. It just feels so much fun. Is it as good fun as it Oh, looks? yes. It is really good fun. And I, I think it's really amusing how tall Patrick is and how small I am. And I sometimes wonder if they're filming it in a way that makes the difference even more. <laughs> Best name drop ever, Esme, was when you... Um, mentioned hanging out with David Bowie at Notting Hill Carnival. Tell us a bit about that. I was invited to my friend's flat. There were a lot of us were invited to see the carnival. And a couple of people there had worked with David Bowie and they invited him. And he happened to be sitting on the window ledge and I got on beside him and had a little oh. chat. We discussed his shoes oh. and his suit. What was he wearing? Talk he was through. wearing um Italian cut suit. If you know what that means, mm -hmm. it, it's different to British cut. It's much slimmer. And the shoes he was wearing was slightly pointy, but not pointy pointy, kind of oh. a curved point. So, I mean, it was amazing, actually, of course. Of course. I mean, he was so stylish, so stylish. Yeah, absolutely. And so maybe um, also you've worked with lots of superstars throughout your career, haven't you? So designing for film, um, I read somewhere about Leonardo DiCaprio's shirt. Well, I made them. I didn't design them. When I had swanking modes, some of the people who worked for me there then became costume designers. Then they would get me to make things, normally for the stars, you know, the main characters in a film. So, and obviously, having been a designer, I did have some input, but I wasn't the costume designer. But I tell you something about, um, on the Bridget Jones, uh, Rennie Zellweger. So I did the first, I did the bunny outfit on the first Bridget Jones. Then I worked on the third Bridget 
and we were doing pickups and Renny Zellweger, so we had to do fittings at her hotel. And this friend of mine who was doing the costume said to her, oh, Esme's going to be on the sewing beat tonight. So she said, oh, she'll watch it. Then I didn't go on when they were shooting it. But my friend said she told her to tell me that she really enjoyed it. She'd watched it and really oh. enjoyed it. Isn't that amazing? Yes, how fantastic. Oh, my God. Well, you are you are a style heroine for women of all ages, isn't it? Um, yes. People, you know, no, 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 you are. I mean, everyone loves your style. You're, you always have the a statement necklace, immaculate hair, great glasses. It's a, it's a, it's a cool look. Well, thank you very much. I've always been into <laughs> clothes, actually. How do you feel being on TV at this point in your career? I do think it's quite amazing. It's that thing you absolutely don't know what's around the corner. And when I was, so I met someone at a party who was a producer on the sewing bee and we were chatting, you know, like how you do. And I, I went to her, well, what do you do? She said, oh, I'm a producer on this sewing program. And I went, oh, like that, <laughs> a little bit drunk. And, <laughs> and she said, oh, would you be interested? And I went, yeah, still being a bit drunk. And then she said, <laughs> she said, well, actually, we've got someone. So I went, oh, well, whatever. <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So three years later, I was got in touch with by love. Oh, and I had to do a CV, and I had never, ever had a CV <laughs> for any job in my whole life before. So I sent the CV to love, and there, there were a lot of auditions and lots of different people, and I got it. Yay! Which was amazing, absolutely amazing. And then after I got it, I was thinking, oh, God. Oh, no, this was before. When they asked me to do the audition, I was thinking, oh, God. Oh, I'm a little bit terrified about this. Yeah. Then I went, hang on a minute. If you don't try things, then things won't happen. And it, I, what I felt is it doesn't matter if I didn't get it, but at least I tried do you see what yeah. I mean? At least I'd taken yeah, a yeah, risk yeah. and gone for it. I know, pushing yourself out of your comfort exactly. zone. Exactly. How did the students feel about this? They must give you sort of extra kudos at St Martin's that you're on telly. Well, it is quite amusing that we had lineups on Tuesday and lineups where we see all what they've made and we have input. And, um, Afterwards, we always will have a drink. And the students were going, oh, my mum loves you. Oh, my friend loves you. It's quite amusing. I mean, compared to designing, lecturing, making clothes, is TV presenting easy or not so much? I do find it fairly easy because I know what I'm talking about. So that gives me confidence. So do you still do much of your, of your own, making your own clothes, designing clothes, or are you too busy with sewing bee and lecturing? I do make my own clothes. I design them and make them. But I don't have a label or anything like that anymore. 
And in fact, quite often I make them to wear on the sewing bee and I make them when we're not actually on camera. Oh. Yes. So I'm, oh, you know that necklace I wore yeah. the, uh, last week, not this one, last week. I made that on when I was filming. Oh, and oh yeah, the, was it made from hand yes, sanitizer bottles? And those oh. clips, and all the crew had them on their, <laughs> you know, on their waistbands, on their loops, on their trousers. And um, so I thought, oh, so yeah, I made it. I put gouache inside. Genius. Somebody said I should have put a little bit of gin, vodka. <laughs> <laughs> So do you often raid the, the uh, store cupboard at Sewing Bee? <laughs> well, I use – well, in a way I do because quite often for when I'm sewing, well, obviously I use their machines, I use their irons. If I haven't got thread, I'll use some thread or interfacing or, you know, if, if there are things I haven't bought that I need, I will – go and root around and get them. And does Patrick knock up a waistcoat, a jacket? <laughs> well, he doesn't, but on the first one I did, I think it was the first one, he made a fancy dress outfit for himself, which was quite amusing. You seem to have a very busy career and it all seems to be going brilliantly well. Uh, and you come across as incredibly calm. Are you really calm in real life or...? Uh, are you like a swan, sort of paddling crazily under uh, well, water? I think I am pretty calm. When I'm confronted with new things and things I don't know, then I am paddling a bit like the swan. But, you know, talking about sewing or designing or, you know, teaching, I feel confident about that. I don't know if you're aware, but I had a fashion company with three of the women called Swanky Modes. And that, I think, is where I learnt most about designing, sewing, cutting, and all that kind of stuff. But I am st still learning, you know, from the students. With the students, you have to be really open and not go – because. But CSM, it's all about the students, what their vision is and how we help them achieve that. So I have to be really open, you know, to find ways of things happening. So I'm learning all the time. I like that. I think we do learn throughout our lives. Yeah. Like we don't know everything, do we? Like you said, you've got – I mean, you've obviously – really knowledgeable and you know your stuff and you know all about sewing and design but you know there's always there's always stuff um you know new stuff to learn isn't there and I kind of when I was lecturing I quite liked it because it keeps you on your toes doesn't it it's all, the student you know like you kind of you can feed off each other like you can impart your uh knowledge to them but then you kind of learn from the students as well oh, absolutely absolutely we I learned from the students. And when I first started teaching, I was slightly on the side of going, oh, no, it has to be like that. But it didn't take me long to realise, no, it doesn't. Mm. You know, it's, it's 
So it is absolutely learning from them. And, you know, it's swanky modes. Because there were four of us, we all learnt from each other. Mm. And we all had an input into the design as well. So, I mean, Swanky Mose is such a brilliant name for a fashion brand. Have you ever been tempted to resurrect it? Um, no. <laughs> oh, well, I think now you're on telly, might be a good time. What What happened to Swanky Mose in the end? Mel left and opened a gardening company. Willie left and started teaching fashion. Mm. Judy left and, um, well, she moved to Hastings and our lease was coming up. So we decided we wouldn't renew it, but we were going for 20 years. Yeah. And we've got amazing a dress in the V&A and a dress in the Museum of London, which is pretty amazing. Yeah, it is. Yeah, amazing. So so no chance of swanky modes the comeback then? Well, you never know, do you? That's what mm. I always say. You never know <laughs> what might happen. Yeah, exactly. One thing, just to go back to sewing bee again, I always think that I always think the judges are quite generous, sort of considerate about the, the sewers and I think I might be a bit more critical. <laughs> um well Think how stressful it is for them. And I just think it's positive to help them. And they'll learn. They learn. Honestly, one of the most amazing things about the sewing bee is that all the sewers become a community. They learn from each other and they, they'll they have a WhatsApp group. So they're communicating with each other for probably forever after they've finished it's great I like how the contestants help each other out there was quite a bit of that going on last night they kind of will you know advise them on the when they were doing the making the waistcoats the charity shop finds and they were kind of telling each other how to turn it out and where to stitch which seam to sew and stuff yes no I think it's brilliant absolutely brilliant how they help each other Let's talk about your style. You are known for your fabulous style, your statement necklaces with or without hand sanitizer bottles. Yeah. Uh, sequin jackets, I think. Sequins and a bit of sparkle. That's quite as nice. I isn't always it? wear a sequin jacket for the final, and they come from this designer called Ashish. I oh, taught, yeah, yeah. and now I've been working with him for 20 years. Aww. I know, isn't that nice? He's a, such a I, nice man. I didn't man. know that. I love, yeah, I love his stuff. Oh, Yeah. How cool. And so you have a really great way of putting outfits together. How do you, how do you know what goes with what? Can you share any styling advice on getting it right? I definitely look at the whole thing, you know, the dress, the trouser, the shoes, the tights, jewellery, and think about how they all go together. But I do think it's quite personal. Well, it is quite personal. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Kind of, I always think kind of you're about visual impact. Like when, when you, the, the, the garments on Sewing Bee that you like are always the ones that are quite impactful and, you know, there's something quirky or unusual about them. And I guess... 
this is to do with my background, but what's really important for me is the creativity and how they express themselves through what they make. And I think clothes do express who you are. So I really like to see that in them. Yeah, no, I agree, actually. And I think also, like, fashion get, gets a bad rep, but I kind of think, like you said, it's about who you are, identity, and, and also how you feel, isn't it? Sort of confident. Yes. You know, at Swanky Modes, we designed what we wanted to make, and it absolutely wasn't to do with money. Mm. I mean, not make wear. We made what we wanted to wear. And it yeah. wasn't to do with money at all. It was to do with being creative. And I think lots yeah. of people think the fashion industry isn't creative. Mm. But my students are amazingly creative. And, you know, not all of them end up in the fashion industry. Some of them end up as artists. Some of them end up quite political. And that's what art school always used to be about, it was a kind of education and a way of looking at the world. And I think that's great. Continuing to talk about your style, where so you make a lot of your clothes. Do you wear, you wear a lot of vintage? I also buy things from Cos. Oh, that's our spiritual home, <laughs> Cos. <laughs> well, it's very good for the older woman, I have to say. I always think their dresses are really good, those sort of like tunic dresses yeah. and shirts and things just sort of very simple they do show off the jewelry and your necklaces tell us about your necklaces where do you get those from do you do you make some of them well i made i used to make quite a lot but in fact that's just reminded me the first ever bit of press i had was a necklace which is quite amusing yeah the necklaces come from anywhere, wherever I am, you know, if I'm traveling, I buy them. It's whatever catches my eye. Ridley Road Market's great. I go to markets quite a bit and buy vintage stuff, but it's absolutely to do with what catches my eye. And I buy a lot of fabrics as well. I, you know, wherever I am in the world, not that I've been that many places, I will always buy fabrics. I always go to fabric shops. And if there's something I like, I buy it. In fact, at my workshop, I've got boxes and boxes and boxes of amazing <laughs> fabric. I noticed there was some on the back of your settee. Oh, Yes. Yes. In fact, there's a bit, they come from all, it's mostly embroideries, but there's something that um, I made when I was about 20, which is a cushion cover that I painted, then embroidered, and I've still got it. Nice one. So do you have plans to use the fabric that's in your front room? Has that sort of moved from the workshop to the sofa and it's going to be turned into a wonderful creation? I don't think so. It's, <laughs> though one of the Indian mirror pieces of fabric I've got here, I bought, at the same time I bought that, I bought a, another piece of mirror work that had been chopped off a dress, and I wear that as a necklace. Oh. It's quite giant. But yeah. It's very nice. 
Fantastic. That's an idea. Yeah. I had a mirror work skirt that I held on to for years thinking, I will wear that again I'll, or I'll turn it into something. And then in the end, it went to the charity shop. And now have you regretted that? Re- regretting that now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It was lovely, actually. It was really full, like kind of like a kind of burgundy colour, like a full length with a drawstring waist. And I was like, it, was, it was lovely. I used to wear it with a denim jacket. Oh, fab. Sounds mm. very cool. That's the thing about getting – that happens to me as well. I'll hold on and hold on and hold on. Then I'll take it to the charity shop. Then I think, oh, God, I could wear that now. But there you are. Yes, I know. Tricky. And I'm quite, I can be quite ruthless, actually. Well, when you, I think when you live in a flat in London, it's like you haven't got loads of storage space, so you have to just sort of declutter as much as you can. Yeah, with the beginning of lockdown, I decided to sort out stuff here. So now my shed, because all the charity shops have closed, work closed, mm. they've opened now. My shed is absolutely rammed with bags full of stuff that I need to take to the charity shop. Maybe I can come round and have a have rummage a before you do. There's <laughs> quite a lot of books as well. Your hair is always immaculate. What, can, where do you get it cut? Can you tell yes, us? Yes, I get it cut at this hairdresser's called White's, and it's very. It's in White Cross Street. So, oh yeah, and they're fantastic, absolutely brilliant. It's very sharp. Do you think we get more stylish if we get older? Not necessarily. I think I was pretty <laughs> stylish from when I was a child, actually. I probably shouldn't say yeah. that. Well, no, I think it's fine. I was interested in clothes from a child and I had a vision. You know, I had a point of view about what I wanted to wear. My mum was quite good, actually. I can remember, I have really strong memories. Of, I used to love pink and grey. I can remember I had a grey pleated, pale, pale grey pleated skirt and a pink, pink jumper which I really liked. I always liked blue and green. I mean, maybe I like blue and green because do you remember people used to say blue and green should never be seen? Yes. I, but they're my favourite colours, blue Are and they? green. And I don't know which one. But yeah, I wear lots of blues and khaki, olive greens. Those are, And I don't know whether... I don't know, I'm from the seaside. I don't know whether it's sort of because it reminds me of nature or something. I've got no idea where it comes from, really. Um, But they are my favourite colours. Yeah, I love blue and green as well, I have to say. Do you think you can... I've got this theory that you can practice that. Like you said, it's innate to you. You were kind of always creative and had a good eye. But I wonder if... It is, and I do think it's something you can practice and get better as as you as you get older. Well, I'm sure, I'm sure you can. I think quite a lot of why I became creative is because as as a child, I was partially deaf. I had something called glue ear, which I've only just heard the name for it, and because it was difficult for me to communicate or with people, I made things. And it was difficult for me at school. So Mm. I made things because it made me feel like I was achieving stuff. That's what I think anyway. 
Mm. And I painted a lot. So you had a sort of creative outlet. Exactly. Do you think trends matter? Do trends matter anymore? Now we can kind of buy what we want. We're all mixing vintage or, you know, well, I think making our own clothes. You know, before what used to happen is, well, last century, and is that people would copy, companies would copy the designers' collections. So they mm. would go to the shows. There were normally only two, you know, a designer is only do two shows. Now they do, God knows how many, a lot. And people would go and see the shows. Then they would copy what they'd seen in different ways. But now what people do, what companies do is, for instance, somewhere like Henny's, every, I think it's every week they put in new things or every month. And the high street, you see, when I was young, there wasn't a high street. And then it began with, I suppose, Mary Quant and that kind of, you know, those boutique things. No, we didn't used to have fast fashion, did we? absolutely not. Absolutely not. And now it's just, it feels like it's absolutely just to do with money. And in some of those shops... It's like a feeding frenzy, that's what I think. You know, there's, there's stuff all over the floor. People are buying things because they're so cheap, they probably will never wear them and just chuck them away. I honestly think, I think the fashion industry, isn't it the second most polluting yes. industry in the world? Maybe the third? That's something Patrick mentioned last night. Um, about the amount of clothes that end up in landfill. And it does feel like that system is broken, doesn't it? I feel like it can't... I mean, there's a move now, isn't there, for a circular economy, so you keep... Like, you know, you reuse things, you recycle them, you keep them in the system rather than chucking them into landfill or burning them at the end of the season, which some designers do. Oh, God, yes, they do. I mean, that's shocking, absolutely Mm. shocking. You see, I think another thing why people buy so many clothes is that they want something new and it makes them feel good, but only for, what, half a day? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, no, I spoke to um, a fashion psychologist about that and she said the same thing that it is and almost it's it's the thrill of the chase almost it's the thinking about buying the new thing and finding i'm going to find the new thing whether that's online or in a shop now you know that is almost um as exciting as actually you know having it and taking it out of the bag and wearing it yeah and because you can buy things so easily you you know you could buy i don't know something every day you could wear a new thing every day and then people chuck them so look, I was talking to someone about rental like clothes clothing rental is sort of quite big at the minute the, the you know you can there's lots of different apps and websites so you can either pay a sub- subscription every month and get like so many items like three or four things a month or you just rent one item for four days and then you send it back, which again, that's not, it's not really anything new because we always have Moss Bros and 
yes, renting, yeah. you know, morning suits for weddings and, and, and that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, that's true. But I'm wondering, you know, now that we have the technology, if that kind of would take off and it's that sort of, like you said, it's sort of the wanting something new. Yeah. So you get that and then, you know, you're not throwing it away. It's sort of going back into the system, whether that might take off. Just back to you again. Um, so when you're get, putting your outfit together in one, you said you look at it all together. What are you aiming for when you kind of are doing that, kind of putting your outfit together, getting dressed in the morning? I'm aiming to look stylish, actually, I suppose. And also to feeling comfortable. That's quite, quite important for me now. You know, when I was younger, I didn't. It wasn't a big thing feeling comfortable, but I do want to feel comfortable in what I'm wearing. But I also want it to have some kind of impact. Is there anything you wouldn't wear? Anything really tight. I like to cover my arms. I won't buy things from really cheap high street shops. You've had an amazing career. You've had swank your company swanky modes. You've lectured at Central St Martins which is one of the most prestigious colleges in the country actually in probably in, in the, the world. world and in the world you have decided you know you've created outfits for you know superstars you're now on sewing bee and a style heroine do you have any other ambitions is there anything else you sort of want I to do I don't everything in my life has come by accident or you know swanky modes I met someone at college we decided we'd open a shop from swanky modes people who worked for us then became costume designers then I did made stuff for them how did I get into teaching I got into teaching because one of swanky modes taught at St Martin's and it was suggested I did it. I think the sewing bee has been the only one, as I said, the only one I had to do a CV for or anything like that. Though yeah. I did get it through someone I met at a party. Yeah. Oh, I've done another new project actually with people from Swanky Modes. It's called Exploding Fashion. Oh, yeah. And it's about the importance of the pattern cutter in the design process. And it's going to be a book and an exhibition. So various different people um, got involved. So I got involved with a colleague of mine as the pattern cutters. Um, there's a curator. There was a fashion historian. There was a photographer. Well, it's still being worked on, actually. And we went to New York, Paris, Vienna, and Japan to various different museums because um, we picked des different designers we wanted to look at. So, mm. shall I say who they are? You might never have heard of oh, them. Oh, yeah, go Yeah, tell okay. us. Richard James, Halston, yeah. Comme de Garçon, oh. Balenciaga. And Vionnet. Yeah. Oh, they are all game-changing designers, aren't absolutely. they? Absolutely, absolutely. So, I mean, it was absolutely fascinating to go to all these museums and go behind 
they displays, you know, in, and see everything in the archives and all that. Amazing. I mean, the V&A oh. we went to as well and looked at different things. That Oh, and at the V&A, when we were at the V&A, they got out the swanky mode's dress to show me. Wasn't that oh. fab? Yes. Yeah, that was amazing. And how did it compare? How did it compare to all the other wonderful things you'd seen when you were researching exploding well, fashion? Well, it, it was up there. It yes, was, it, it was interesting. Well, the cut of the amorphous dress was interesting actually because it was just one piece of fabric with one dart and one shoulder seam. That was it. So it was, it was quite interesting. The cut. Mm. But, I mean, that was fantastic that they got it out of the archive to show me. How brilliant. Did you see there was a lovely, a really brilliant V&A exhibition in Paris a few years ago, probably within, like, the last 10 years. Oh, it was stunning. I, the dresses, the kind of that bias part and the dresses, really beautiful and, and timeless. You kind of, you could wear, the, you know, you, I just, every single one of them you thought, you, you could wear today. Yeah, amazing. The dress we looked at, I, I find this quite fascinating. In the 20s, early 20s, there was, in Paris, there was, I think it was the early 20s, I might have got that a bit wrong. Um, they had an exhibition of kimonos. So Viennet was really influenced by that. She did quite mm. a few... This was before the bias cut. She did quite a few um, clothes that were rectangles, just like a kimono. Then yeah. there was an exhibition in Tokyo in the 70s of Viennese dresses. And I, I don't know if this is true, but I suspect it is, that that really changed how Com looked at Japanese clothes because before that she was making more European type clothes yeah you know quite a lot of the clothes she made were um based on rectangles I mean it was really modern what she did I mean it wasn't mm. traditional at all so you know all these things are interconnected yeah it's true isn't it when is exploding fashion exploding onto the scene when is when will that be out oh god with the pandemic <laughs> yeah it's impossible to plan anything yeah the exactly minute, the book's nearly finished and the exhibition's going to be in antwerp i think um Ooh, nice but when that will happen i mean they're still saying they'll do it when yeah is a whole nother thing who knows? Watch this space. Well, I shall definitely write about that when it when it comes out and let all my readers know. Oh, it was such an amazing thing to do. It was it was really amazing mm. because it was a side I'd never experienced before. Yeah, you know there are fashion historians and fashion curators and all that, but I'd never been part of that before. It was amazing. Oh, what a, what a brilliant opportunity. Yeah. I mean, how, how lovely. 
Okay, now I'm going to move on to, I call these the grown-up guide questions, and I ask I ask everyone the same thing. So, and it's sort of, it's supposed to be quickfire, but it kind of sometimes isn't. But anyway, here goes. I'm exhausted. How tired are you? Not that tired, actually, to tell you the truth, which is quite surprising. Been resting up. When will you be filming the next series of Sewing Bee? Well, normally it's in September. Yeah. But, you know, who knows? And so you're in your 70s now, I think. Yes. How do you feel about getting older? I I think I have had an amazing life and things are still happening. I love working yeah. and I'm so pleased I still can. I think I'd go do lally if I couldn't. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, that all seems quite positive to me. Yeah. And actually, one thing, this... Things like the sewing bee and this exploding fashion probably mm. wouldn't have happened to me, you know, when I was young because I wouldn't have had the experience and everything. So I also think that more and more nowadays, people who are older are being included in television, whereas they weren't before. Yeah. Don't you think? I think you're right. I think, slow, well, slowly, slowly, but I think, I mean, that's also that's what I love about Sewing Bee and other programmes as well. Actually seeing women I can relate to, you know, not kind of typical, I mean, I don't want to, you know, generalise, but, you know, people that just look interesting and I can relate to them and think, yeah, they kind of look, you know, they look a bit like me sort of thing rather than, you know. Yes glamorous age defying presenter you've got more of a mix and that like you said that is a positive thing yeah oh very positive really really positive I think for all women as well not just for you know women my age I'm in my 50s but for younger women as well to see that you know you can carry on creating carry on learning carry on doing really brilliant stuff throughout your life I agree with you and it puts older women out there mm. don't you think that oh yeah yeah and we want to be absolutely out <laughs> <laughs> we want to be included yes yeah no I don't that, that whole invisibility thing I just don't pay that any attention I think nope not invisible <laughs> yeah I agree <laughs> and what are you reading right now this is really weird I'm not reading I used to be an absolute avid reader I would I can remember at school in playtime I would be reading and I can remember at school having um, a James Baldwin book and I was at a convent and I knew the nuns wouldn't like it so I, yeah. I covered it in brown paper which of course was a mistake because <laughs> they then absolutely knew it was something I shouldn't be reading so it got confiscated Oh. But I don't know why I know I don't read anymore. I read when I go on holiday. I mean, I think on holiday you, you have the headspace, don't yes. you? You can just, best thing, isn't it, just sort of lolling around on the beach reading books all day. But I've been reading, I wondered if it was because of lockdown. Like quite a few people I've spoken to said that they kind of stopped reading during lockdown and couldn't concentrate. Um, I've been reading more, actually, but kind of reading lots, but not really retaining anything. Oh, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know whether that's just to sort of take your mind off. Well, I mean... That's what reading was about. It took you somewhere else. And it told you yeah. stories. 
But for some reason, I've no idea why um, I've stopped reading. I might start again. In fact, I hope I will. Yeah, so do I. And what do you, what are you watching on TV? What do you, what do you watch? I watch music, pop music. You know, I like the pop music documentaries because quite a lot of them I can really relate to because they're mm. about when I was young, not all of them. And then the ones yeah. that are modern, I like to watch them because I want to know what's going on. I also watch a lot of crime stuff. Oh. Um, but with lockdown, I've noticed that I can't watch anything that is too hard, hardcore, yeah. you know, too violent, too... So I, too grim. Yeah. <laughs> No, I've noticed that. It's kind of like there's enough grimness. We <laughs> need to watch something like, you know, need to watch sewing. We need sewing be more sewing being yes, alive. Yes, absolutely. Do you think the music thing, because I kind of, you know, fashion wasn't a big industry when I was growing up, but I was into music and bands and, and in a way, it's you know, the style and the, the aesthetic of those bands. I was just wondering if it was something around that that, you know, piqued your interest? Well, at Swanky Modes, we knew lots of bands and things. We used to go and see bands three times a week. You know, it was different then. Bands played in pubs. You know, it's all online now. So we, yeah, we knew. London then, well, I'm not saying it isn't now, but certainly in the 70s and 80s, it was a really creative place and there was a, big creative community mm. so we kind of all knew each other ish I mean we weren't necessarily best friends or anything and I think that's maybe why I like watching music stuff I love yeah. dancing oh. I absolutely love dancing that's another reason I think I watch all this music things do you dance around your yes, living room I do I put Marvin Gaye oh. on, and then I'm dancing. Fantastic. David Bowie? Yes, David Bowie. <laughs> I do listen to a few modern things. Who are you listening to? Arlo Parks. Oh, yeah. Celeste, is that what she's called? Yes, Rag Celeste. Rag Man. Oh, cool. I know I, thought, I sort of need to get with the programme a bit with young people's music, but I, know, I, I do know Celeste and Orlo Parks. What's your favourite food and drink? Well, I love a gin and tonic. <laughs> so do I. <laughs> Particularly during lockdown, I've, I've been enjoying a, a, a gin and tonic on the balcony. Oh, fabulous. <laughs> fabulous. And what do I really like eating? Well, I'll eat anything. I love cooking. But it's quite, because I live on my own, it's quite um, tricky cooking for yourself. Mm. For, I mean, I cook for myself every day, but I always have things left over. Yeah, I love leftovers. I always think things are even better the following day. And then some leftovers you can turn into other things. I make... Bubble and squeak. Oh, I love <laughs> bubble and squeak. <laughs> But I make, um, if I have a roast lamb, I'll get a little, I love a roast, actually. If I have a roast lamb, then I'll make a shepherd's pie. If I have 
leftover chicken and make another kind of pie stew. I love a chowder. So I obviously love stewy things. Yeah. Stir fry. I really enjoy cooking, I have to say, and eating. Talk me through your outfit, what you're wearing today. Well, I'm wearing black pair of trousers, a shirt that's got um, – so it's cream, very, very pale cream. You might think it's white, but it's not white, with black sort of paint strokes. And I'm wearing a necklace that one of my brothers got me. He uh, he bought it in India, and it's black and white circles. I really like it. It's um, it's quite optical. So that's what I'm wearing, and a thermal vest. Because <laughs> it's freezing. This <laughs> it's weather. End of May, and we're still wearing our jumpers. Yeah, I mean this weather's weird. It's very strange. How do you know then when it, when an outfit is right? When you put something on, you think, yeah, I feel good. It's a real Esme outfit. I'm winning. I'm winning. <laughs> I like to colour coordinate, have to say, or colour clash. Yeah. One of the things I've noticed I do is, you know, I said that I will think about what I'm going to wear the night before, particularly if I've got to go to work or, you know what I mean? And Yeah. But quite often I have to change the necklace. It just sometimes it feels like, no. Or I forget to think about the necklace, then have to get load out and see which I think goes with what I'm wearing. So obviously I think about that a lot. The necklace, there's always a necklace. Mostly, yeah. I do have brooches. I do have bracelets. I mean, I've got jewellery. I've got my mum's jewellery, some of my mum's jewellery. Things. Oh, I tell you what, I've got these necklaces that have got these plastic beads on that I went to New Orleans in the early 70s and stayed with this family. And apparently when they have their, um, is it called Carnival? Yeah. Um, they throw these beads into the people who are watching. And she, she gave me some, which was oh. nice. I've still got those. What, and you made that, you turned that into a necklace? No, she, the, it's a necklace already that they sling oh. out, made from beads. Throwing jewellery yes. around. Sounds fantastic. Uh, my next question is, what's your style signifier? What says Esme? Is it, is it the necklace? I suppose it is. I like to wear a necklace on the sewing bee because when you're filmed, most of what you're being filmed is your face. Mm. So... That is something that catches people's eye. And final question. What's the single most important piece of advice you've ever been given? Take risks. Oh, uh, that I've ever been given. Yeah. It was from my dad, I'd say. He always said to me, you must do what you feel passionate about and what you want to do. Oh, and you have. Well, I have actually, yeah. It's quite interesting. My mum wouldn't. Well, when I was a teenager and all dressed up, my mum wouldn't walk down the street with me. <laughs> Why because not? Because she was embarrassed. <laughs> well, I think my mum was as well. I went through a sort of punk phase where I had, you know, 
shaved head at the yeah. side and like a kind of mohawk mohican like basically diy to cut it myself yeah um and i when i first went to i was a student in manchester so when i first went to manchester came back with this hair and my mum you know i think they were <laughs> surprised i bet i bet she was shocked oh. And what, what, um, your advice, you were going to say your advice, uh, to others is to take yes. risks. I mean, obviously, don't jump off a cliff, but yes, take a risk. If you're terrified, push yourself a bit. I mean, I know it's hard to do, it can be hard to do, but don't dismiss everything, you know, go for it. No, I think that is really sound advice because, as you said, sewing beer, you had a bit of a wobble thinking, you know, what am I doing? I've got to do a CV and an audition. And then, ta-da. Yeah. Now you are, you know, a judge on everyone's favourite programme. <laughs> well, yes, you see. And I never saw that coming. No. Well, I think it's brilliant. Thank I think you. it's absolutely brilliant. You're a star, oh. and you are. We all, we love we love your style and your guidance and generosity. And thank you so much for for your time today, Esme. It's been really lovely talking. Well, to thank you. you. Really nice to have met you. And maybe we can meet in real life and one have day. a gin and tonic. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that sounds like That's a plan. A date. Yes, I look forward to it. Thank you, Esme. Thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed the interview. Please come back soon. And it'd be absolutely brilliant if you could review the podcast on iTunes and also on that'snotmyage.com. I know that sounds like a lot, but I would appreciate it very much. And don't forget, it's not about age, it's about style.